Hello and welcome to Pending Moderation. If this is your first time joining us, thank you. You've chosen a great episode to, to join us because today's topic is how to be happy. If you're joining us again, you know that we just, you know, pick topics at random and talk a bunch of shit about them and that's what we'll be doing today. So obviously this topic needs a little bit of a disclaimer because uh, we are obviously not experts. And this discussion isn't about uh, some secret cure or secret guide or we're not going to fix your depression or whatever. I mean, you might laugh a little bit listening to our podcast because like, we think we're funny, but this isn't a step-by-step program to happiness. We're just evaluating what the concept of happiness is and maybe along the way you can figure out how you can make yourself happy. So today, as usual, I'm joined by my buddy, Phil. Hello, Phil. Hello, Mark. <laughs> How are you doing today, bud? Oh, I'm doing right. Uh, it's, I think it was raining earlier. Ah, either way, it's been a good day so far. Well, that's nice. <laughs> How are nice. you? Yeah, it's, uh, the rain is, has stopped for a bit. Yeah. Um, we've had a bit of early rain before winter, but yeah, it's a nice sunny day here. I'm, I'm feeling pretty good. Uh, sort of a good day for a podcast. So... Um, to start things off, we probably need to get some sort of like working definition here about what what happiness is. Let's start off with what do you think happiness is? Like, what does the word happy mean to you, or happiness mean to you? You know, happiness. You know, what does it mean to you? Well, it's a tough thing to kind of um, how do I put it conceptualize to other people because happiness is essentially you being more better than content you know when you when you're smiling you've got like a little song in your heart you know things that you do are things that 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 don't make you sad so it wouldn't mean necessarily the absent absenteeism of sadness but it's just less sadness uh in your life and it's just it's hard to to you know define because some people see happiness as having a lot of stuff. Some people see happiness as uh, having huge muscles. Some people see happiness as like, you know, uh, buying nice stuff, having good clothes, having a good job, uh, enjoying your life. So I'm actually going to go with the last, last one. It's enjoying and finding enjoyment in what you do. That, that is what I would define as happiness. Uh, what do you have to say on this? heavy topic <laughs> well yeah i mean you've actually touched on like um basically a lot of the things that i also thought of the first time when i started like thinking about this topic um you've hit like a lot of the things that you know people usually consider about happiness it's like will i be happy if i'm if i'm rich well maybe not but it's you know better to cry in a ferrari you know like there's that little meme um so I think it's it happiness is, is different things to different people, um, but obviously the first thing I do whenever I start a podcast topic is I head over to my buddy Google and I ask Google, hey Google, you know, what is happiness? And Google told me happiness is the state of being happy. Now, <laughs> now, I don't know if any of you know what a circular definition is, but. It's not extremely fucking helpful. So thanks, Google. <laughs> um, but all you helped me realize is I need to go deeper. We need to we need to do a bit more than just the first thing that pops up on Google. So, yeah. 
uh, I scrolled down a little bit. I went to the second and third and fourth things that I found on Google, and amongst them was a psychological definition. And <clears throat> happiness in psychology is a state of emotional well-being that a person experiences either in a narrow sense when like something good happens, or uh, when specific when a specific moment is good, or or just a um, or it could be more broadly. Um, as like a positive evaluation of your own life or positive uh, retrospective look at like your accomplishments or something like that. Um, and, it, and usually it also adds there's a, an element of subjectivity to, to happiness, to, to the well-being. <clears throat> so that definition works a little bit better for me. Um, it's a bit better than uh, the half-assed Googled circular whatever the fuck big definition that they gave me. Um, but it doesn't quite drive home i mean like if you if you tell someone who's never been happy you explain that to them that doesn't necessarily illustrate the concept yet so i scrolled a bit more you know i'm, I'm going real deep here to the first page of google we, we're getting like you know two or three finger scrolls deep ready and i start seeing words like it's about you know joy it's about satisfaction it's about how content you are it's about how fulfilled you are all of that came up um, there's a, an article with a more sort of scientific angle to it, and in that article, their quote scientists um, are <laughs> describing happiness as three sort of key elements um, being pleasure, engagement, and meaning. So, like pleasure is like you know the the enjoyment of a task, the uh, enjoyment of things, you know, like like the the feeling you get when you've bought a good meal or uh, the feeling you get when you when you've just bought new shoes or like something like that. I don't know. Um, and then engagement. You know, are you doing things that are interesting to you, engaging to you, that that grip your attention, that make your day have have something to look forward to? And then um, meaning. You know, like fulfillment in the sense of um, are you doing something or working towards something, or do you get the feeling that like what you're doing isn't just you know, monotonous, meaningless, um, pointless existence, you know. Um, so that made a bit more sense to me. You know, it's, it's more concise. Um, it's sort of, it's, it's simple enough, you know, pleasure, engagement, meaning. Uh, it's perfect for my sort of attention span. So <clears throat> that was the one that I liked the, the most out of all of these. Um, so Phil, how do you feel about some of these definitions? How do they tie into your concept of happiness? Since we already know, you know, it is relatively subjective. Yeah, that that's what I was going to say. It's very subjective. Um, every every person looks at happiness in a different way, and scientists try to take all of this information and create like the simple uh, formula to being happy. But it's different for for every single person that you would talk to. So let's say you have you have a guy who has been uh, living in a cage, and every day he wakes up, and some guy comes in with a couple of sticks, beats the shit out of him, and then they leave, and that's his day. He gets food to eat, he gets the shit beat out of him, and he comes out of this cage, and you look him dead in the eye, and you go, "Listen, dude, happiness." is how you get enjoyment. Uh, you, get a, you get pleasure from life. You are engaged in things you find interesting in. You find meaning in something that would fulfill you. Whereas this guy, his happiness would stem from 
what he has been through, you know, every single day, getting the shit beat out of him. It's just yeah, his his happiness is just like a day where he doesn't get the shit beat out of him. Exactly. So that it does take a couple of the these boxes, but what I'm trying to express here is that happiness is something that is so individualistic that you it's hard to define it for every single person. And that's what these scientists kind of are trying to do. Um, whereas, you know, um, I see it as something that I enjoy doing, so pleasure is involved, um, where I'm engaged, you know, my interest is piqued, and fulfillment is always something that's always at the back of your mind, where you're like, cool, am I doing something that has meaning? But that's me. You know, I can't, I can't define it for, for every single person out there. And that's probably why... Google gave the <laughs> the definition as happiness is a state of being happy. So we will have to look into this like less scientifically. For me, I agree. I agree. Like science isn't going to explain how to be happy, but I like the yeah. approach of giving it sort of the three the three elements because it does sort of mm. feel like every definition sort of fell into those three categories for me. You know, like. There, there was always an element of, of pleasure, so like, you know, that immediate sort of satisfaction or, you know, making your environment better for yourself or um, sort of just, you know, like I said, duck shoes, clothes, buying things, consumerism, materialism. There is an as aspect of happiness in that, but that alone, I don't think, it, it isn't, isn't going to help you. And the same with like engagements, like, if you if you've got like a really cool task every day but like everything around you is shit then like that's only going to sustain you for so long and also if the thing that you're super interested in never has the opportunity of meaning anything to anyone else that's not going to feel super fulfilling once you finally you achieve the thing and you're like oh okay now what like you know it, it were it's not if it's not if it's not got meaning or not got not, so so what each of these elements on its own doesn't doesn't make happiness it might make you happy but you're not going to have happiness you know <laughs> <laughs> so um when i was scrolling through the the first page of of happiness on google i found um something interesting to me so i'm a bit of a like i i, I nerd out on philosophy things every now and then so like i like i'm not like very like well read in philosophy and i'm not like a philosopher or whatever but i like aspects of philosophy and uh, when i saw that aristotle has like he distinguishes between like four different levels of of, of happiness um I, I obviously had to go read into that a little bit so uh <laughs> forgive me any latin experts out there I mean, everyone who speaks Latin is dead, so, so there's no there's no way to know how to pronounce these words. So, so I I, I don't know if I'm wrong, <laughs> but let's go, fuck it, Let, let's do it. Um, so the first level is uh, latus, litus, lettus. I don't know. Latus. <laughs> La I'm gonna say it's lettuce. Okay. <laughs> so. <we've> got... <laughs> So basically, um, whatever you call it, level one is like um, the happiness I was describing predominantly under pleasure earlier. 
where it's like stuff and things that are external to you, like a nice car, clothes, you know, nice meals, um, those sort of things. And Aristotle sort of basically says, focusing only on this first level, this this um, this <laughs> lettuce level. <laughs> that's 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 <laughs> it's not gonna um, give you a fulfilled life. You're just gonna you're gonna you're gonna have short-term pleasures, but it's gonna be a shallow life that that lacks meaning. Um, so I can sort of understand this a little bit because when I was working uh, as a lawyer like you can afford a lot of like really nice things so like you can go out you can eat a nice meal part of the job is you need to have like nice clothes you gotta wear a tie you gotta wear shirts you can't be wearing the same shirt for like super long because then like you know people start like noticing and like there's like a whole aspect of like uh status and like what's acceptable attire sort of in, in that in that environment and because you're earning of a certain income you're sort of expected to be to look a certain way and have certain things but um the problem is like the way i sort of started to feel was you work you're spending all your time working almost like only when you take leave and then you go away and you go do something fun and then you come back and then you work 16 hours basically a day again so i was basically earning this money just to have a nice place to sleep and that, and that, you know, that's not a fulfilled life. So the the task I was doing, I had engagement. I was feeling engaged in my activities because I enjoy puzzle solving. I enjoy the the sort of uh, word, the the language aspect of law and all of these things. But just just not being able to engage in any of my other hobbies, not having the time to do anything else that I enjoy that is fun, not having, you know, th that that's where I lack the meaning aspect of my. So I can I can see what Aristotle is sort of getting at here, where where the, the fulfilling only that ability to have impulsive pleasures or, or small or, or nice things or or a nice car or a nice house or whatever that that's not going to give you uh, an overall sense of happiness. Um, and only when I sort of moved to the more freelance style of life did I sort of have the the room to enjoy other things in my life and. By being able to enjoy these other hobbies, I feel more more meaning in my life and more fulfillment, and I have the same level of engagement because I can use that engagement in the hobbies now. Um, and if some of these hobbies were a little bit more profitable, then I could also get you know the same level of uh, pleasure from this level one of things. Um, but because I'm so fulfilled on other levels, you know, this level is not as important to me. Um, what do you think? Well, level one, lettuce level. What do you think about it? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm going to have to agree with you on that. I mean, it's, it's always nice to have nice things. It's nice to have, like, you know, the, the, the best car. It's nice to have, like, the best computer. It's nice to have, like, the best apartment to live in. But if you're working, like you said, if you're working in an environment where you are going to be sitting for a long period of time and the only thing you actually pull from that environment is the nice things that you surround yourself with, then, you know, it's, it's, it's not uh, something that will fulfill you on anything other than the surface level. I mean, I do have nice things. Like one of the nice things that I have is when I go to the cinema, I buy one of those cups, <laughs> one of those like special specialty cups. I love those cups. 
So I buy those cups and I put them on display here for me. I've got a Thor cup that looks like a Mjolnir how like I'm hammer. I've got I'm currently drinking water out of a Wakanda Forever like cup as well. I I like these things, um, but they are not the main thing that brings me happiness. And uh, for me, uh, I have nice clothes. I I have some. I just don't like wearing my nice clothes <laughs> because it's you know it's stifling. It makes me feel like uh, like I'm I'm just I'm just looking good and not not feeling good, and that feeling good is um the type of happiness that i would much rather experience other than this surface level thing that comes with this lettuce feeling of happiness <laughs> yeah, it, it, um, but what you're explaining about the cup is almost the perfect metaphor for this because it puts a smile on your face but that's all yeah. it does it doesn't put like it doesn't it, it does. doesn't fill you with any like like deep sense of yes but if it, 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 when you bought it there was probably a, a, a peak in the in the happiness of that object <clears throat> and then yeah. every time you use it there's a smile but it's like maybe diminishing returns you know if you had to look at it as a draw it's like every time yeah you, there's like the times that you've used the the cup is on the bottom and the the top is you know the amount of happiness derived from the cup <laughs> and the, the, the curve is just you know a, a down a, a concave downward slope you know <laughs> but i i also i also buy the the cups to remember my experience yeah, yeah because sure. when i when i go and watch a good movie then i have a cup that commemorates that good experience for it let, let me look back uh ah i've got a no way home cup that i got when i watched no way home it was a, an amazing movie i enjoyed it immensely and i have a cup now with the little spider-man on top just to show it but then again i always like toys okay <laughs> toys are cool <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I mean, like, you never really outgrow some of those things that, like, are really nostalgic for you. Like, even when you're, like, you know, 14, you have to, like, go to your parents' house and, like, you see some of your old shit being packed around or something like that. You're like, hey, what you doing with my old shit, you know? Like, don't you be tossing that shit out yet. <laughs> I might still want to pull those Legos. <laughs> I, I agree. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway, uh, <clears throat> moving on to philosophy. <laughs> so, uh, uh, we basically, I, I think we both like, sort of agree that the lettuce level, it's cool to have stuff. It's, it's nice to have lettuce, but lettuce isn't going to make me fulfilled. Um, so, the second level, level two, it's Felix. Felix? Felix. I don't know. It's Felix. Um or ego gratification. So this one is defined as um, it's happiness derived from comparison. So feeling like you're, you're better at something than other people, feeling superior in some way, feeling pride, feeling that you're admired by others, um, like winning a competition, for example, or getting a promotion or... Um, you know, just acknowledgement of like an achievement that you've done that other people might not have done, you know, high scores, world records, um, anything like that. That's, that's what we, what we're getting into here. Um, so obviously some people are, are more susceptible to this type of happiness than others. I, I say susceptible, but more prone or, or I don't know what the correct word is, more prone to this or more will derive more happiness from this type of gratification of happiness. 
uh, or derive more enjoyment. That's the it does work. <laughs> but yeah, <clears throat> but that's 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 sort of the idea I'm going for you. Like, like, there's nothing wrong with pursuing and achieving goals or, or being competitive or, or playing hard or wanting to be the best at something or wanting to be better than other people at. And there's nothing wrong with having, you know, a healthy like rivalry or healthy competition or something like that. But um, if you start to, if everything, if your sole focus sort of becomes just the, the status and winning over other people and you spend your time sort of permanently comparing yourself to other people, then you run the risk of becoming, you know, a self-absorbed and, and jealous and cynical and even maybe hostile and oppressive to other people. Um, like, so it's it's something you have to be, there needs to be a very a careful balance struck here where, where um, you're not pursuing, you know, things at the cost of other people or relationships or things like that. Like, that's all how I sort of uh, understand or see this. Um, and I think there's a level of like, this is more like unhappiness, actually, you know, because like society kind of sets you up to constantly be sort of reminded of, of what you what you what other people have and what you don't have. And and marketing is very much rigged around um, your life will be better if you have this thing and your life isn't great because you don't have this thing. So it's a very um, it's a very negative way of, of sort of. Uh, uh, positioning people's minds or society's minds in general and then also you have that contra or not contrast with that goes hand in hand with like social media where people are only putting the super curated best version of themselves forward onto social media so when you're looking at other people on social media it's not like a super true reflection reflection of them like you're only seeing the parts of that that they maybe want to have, have seen so it's very easy to sort of get into like a very negative thought or negative mindset or negative spiral by making that kind of com uh, comparison. So I feel like there's a very, it's very, uh, for the people who get a big sort of gratification or big enjoyment out of this type of, this level of, of happiness, there, there needs to be a, a, a large amount of caution that you don't end up you know, aspiring when you don't achieve something or when you when you don't meet, make that first place um, and then comparing yourself to other people negatively. So, yeah, what do you think, Billy? Uh, I don't think I really compare myself to other people unless, unless the, like, unless those people are being, you know, exceptionally stupid and I'm like, look, like, how? How can you be that dumb? I don't know. Anything like that for you, Billy? Well, I mean, this, this is how... Essentially, I, I looked at myself until I started getting some introspective on exactly how I feel about all of these type of things. I always thought that, cool, if I get a promotion, life will be better. I will be happy. Oh, if I, if I get this goal, I will be better. Life will be happy. Oh, if I, if I do this, if I do that, then I, I will constantly become a better person and I, I will be working on myself. And for me... I got into that that spiral, that negative spiral, where I was constantly comparing myself against other people, and it was me saying, "Okay, well, I don't, I don't have this. Uh, 
this guy who, who I see on social media has got this thing. Why don't I have that thing? I should get that type of thing. And it, it tipped me over from a, a viewpoint of trying to achieve something to be happy to just comparing myself personally to everyone else that was around me. And when I realized I was doing this, it took like a lot of, a lot of like working on myself to get to a point where I was like, why am I comparing myself to others? And I realized that, as you said, that's just how the world works. You, you, are, not, you are not the perfect person. You, you should not be happy with who you are. You should not be happy with the position you are in life. You should be um, aiming to get a better promotion. You should be aiming to be the best in the world at certain things. You should be aiming to like just be the best like no one ever was. Um, and that, that was something that I needed to come to terms with. And the more I came to terms with it, the more I realized that um, the happiness that um, I receive from this level is a happiness where I am more proud of myself. Because when you compare yourself to other people and compare yourself to other things that other people have, then you, you are never looking at yourself and looking at what you have achieved in life. You're always seeing yourself as, all right, I need to get a promotion so that uh, I can be a better person. Oh, I, I, have, to, I have to get me a house so that uh, I, I can be a better person. Oh, I need that Ferrari because a Ferrari will show everyone else just how great and how awesome I am. And I have, I've gotten a promotion in my current job and it wasn't a situation of me going, I'm better than everyone else because I got this promotion. I was like, cool, I have this promotion because they actually think I'm good at the job and I'm, I'm really good at conveying what I want to say to everyone else around me in my work environment. And I'm happy with that. Um, and I also took a look back at my own life because I have, I've done many things in my life. I've done work different jobs and because I was always comparing myself to others, uh, becoming you know jealous of how other people are doing, being cynical about everything I was doing, I ignored the fact um, that I have achieved many good things already. And I stopped comparing myself uh, to others. I started more comparing myself to the me of yesterday. Because each day you, you're like, cool, I'm happy. Um, I'm going out to work now. I've got a smile on my face. That's great. Yesterday when I went to work, I didn't have a smile on my face. I was feeling tired and I, I, I couldn't, couldn't concentrate um, correctly. But today I'm feeling much better. Um, and that's how I started looking inwardly to myself and seeing what I did as something that, that I should actually just be proud of. It's, it was hard. It was very hard to get to this point. But once I got through that, I stopped comparing myself to others. I stopped looking at others through a cynical like, a mindset. Stop being negative because um, certain people had certain things and I didn't have it. And start looking around and, you know, you know, seeing the world for how beautiful it is as well. You, you, you think to yourself, all right, I don't have my dog with me right now. And then you're walking down the road and you come across someone who's walking three dogs and they've got this huge smile on their face. And I'm like, yo, you guys got a beautiful dog. 
and then you you bend down and you give the dogs a little ruffle after asking the owner, of course. And it's just um, those experiences where I realized, cool, I'm in the right state of mind to actually sit and be happy about these dogs around me. Be happy for the person who is walking these dogs with a huge smile about it. Be happy for that person who's riding that really flashy car. And that that's something that, that took me a while to get to. But I understand the second level of happiness. I'm happy with it. And um, I, I don't like to compare myself to others anymore as a result of understanding myself more. All right. <clears throat> yeah, did, um, you touched on so many things. Like it, it, it's, it's, exactly, it's exactly what you came up to one of the points that I was going to make here as well, is that the most important thing in, in terms of comparison, the way to sort of hack this level of happiness in my mind and the way that I feel like the reason why I feel like I've never really struggled with this is like, firstly, I was doing something that not a lot of other people are doing. Like the way I approach things, the, the way the goals I had in my mind, whenever I talk to other people, they wouldn't have those same goals. So I never felt like I was ever really directly competing against anyone. I would always just be, be doing my thing. So that was one benefit. Um, and then the other thing was also figuring out really early, really early on the idea of like, you know, just working to be better for yourself. But only recently did I realize that the best comparison is to just do a comparison with yourself, like say a few months ago, a few weeks ago, a day ago, a year ago, whatever. It's like a year ago, I didn't have X, Y, and Z, and today I do. A year ago, I couldn't phone anyone on the phone because it was too overwhelming and, and today I can whatever your small victories are like their progress forward there are things that you can be proud of there are things that you can you can move forward even if they, they aren't a promotion where there's, where there's the um, addition of um, attracting the admiration of others where there's the addition of like recognition from others the other part the, the external part doesn't necessarily have to be part of the second level. You can derive a lot of this happiness simply by doing your best, recognizing that you're doing your best, and then looking at how your best has been made you better than you were before. Um, so I think that's sort of one of the cool things that you touched on. I think it's it's, it's important uh, to note, to, and I also wanted to just say that like, that's the sort of point that I also wanted to make um, in terms of the comparison aspect and I mean there's nothing wrong with feeling good when you get a promotion obviously like there's nothing wrong with with all these things but to to as long as it doesn't come along with feeling sad when you don't get the promotion like you can feel yeah. like disappointed that you that you maybe didn't achieve the thing that you were aiming for but it shouldn't affect your your overall happiness um, if it's affecting your overall happiness then maybe you need to look at yourself again and say like well a year ago, I wouldn't even have a chance at this promotion. This year, I do. So whatever the, the context is of that specific situation, you know. So, yeah, that's basically what I've got there. Like, I don't know. I just feel like if you're not comparing, if you're not comparing to other people and you are comparing to yourself, then this is a very easy level of happiness to, to sort of at least get some level of, of satisfaction from. 
it is obviously nice to be acknowledged if you're doing something cool for like, like if you're doing community work and the community sees it and they're like hey i saw you you know doing x y and z thank you very much for doing it i mean that's obviously not your primary motivation but or shouldn't be but you know getting that recognition is still a good feeling mm-hmm. and it as i'm saying as i was saying it's also hard to get out of that that mindset where you are looking at things so negatively and you're like i don't have this he has that so why why can't i have that why oh, yeah. why can't i be as good as that so exactly. that whole process of comparing yourself against other people that is something that it starts um without you noticing that it's starting yeah. and then once you once you um start to realize just how this thing has permeated your entire worldview and permeated your your mindset and then getting yourself out of that that hole is is a tough thing because it's not like you just have to you're just gonna go out and buy yourself some like you know protein and you're gonna eat the protein and be all good no you you have to actually just change how your mind thinks about certain things and that is very difficult to do that's what I was touching on. Like, remember, like everything is rigged against you in that in that regard. Yeah. Like literally everything. Like when you turn your TV on, when you put the internet on, when you use social media, when you are doing uh, consuming any sort of uh, form of like digital or print media, you are being bombarded with other people's ideals, other people's ideas. They want you to feel like you've got this this. Uh, they want you to feel like you're going to feel happier by buying this thing. That's what marketing mm. is. Like, that's the whole idea. It's like, they want you to think what your life sucks without this thing. And if you take this thing from me and pay me money, you, your life won't suck anymore. But that's, that's bullshit. Man. That's not how it works. It's like, no, you don't need the thing. <laughs> Unless the thing is like food. Like, don't let me, don't let me tell you not to buy food. Yeah? You know, like, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> Like, I get that. I, 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 I know people need some things, but like, <laughs> you, you gotta, yeah. you, you can't, you can't view the things that you see other people have. Like, they also have problems. They also have un, uh, insecurities. They also have things that they're dealing with, no matter how shiny their Instagram looks. So, so that's probably what I want to, to, to sort of emphasize here is like that feeling is hard to overcome but just know that that feeling is manufactured by other people like that feeling is something that that you have to actively work on like shutting out those voices of saying that you need these things to be fulfilled and you have to actively con- like remember that when you're on social media these these are like these are like you know there's like a hundred photos and that person picked the one and then added all of their filters and shit on it to make it look the best. It's like life doesn't have a hundred shots and, and filters. Life has like one shot. You get to do things like once. Sometimes you get a second chance at it, but then you're doing it. Then it's a different shot, you know? So like you're constantly moving. Mm-hmm. Life is constantly moving. You can't be, you know, obsessing about those kind of things so back on topic again the third level another latinish word uh beautito 
Butido, B E A Tit Udo. That's how we're gonna say it. <laughs> this is the this is the happiness derived from doing good for others, uh, and the the like sort of doing stuff that will make the world a better place. You know, the the concept of planting a tree that you know you'll never sit under. That kind of that kind of I'm gonna pay things forward kind of mentality. That's what we're looking at here. This is this is predominantly centered around the the human desire for like connection and for social things and for acceptance. Um, but basically, we can just call it love, like the, the feeling of wanting to be loved, to being able to give love, to exchange love, to express love, to to uh, foster love in other people, to to be able to just you know be involved in that process so doing anything like the feeling you get when you when you're when you've got a nice set of skills um, that that other people needed and you're able to help them with that like it's 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 a very rewarding feeling um as opposed to the exploitative way that a lot of people will treat that um so the focus uh, here is is much more external the, this this is there isn't really an internal way of, of gaining this level of happiness it will come from interacting with other people interacting with your environment interacting with with something outside of yourself that's where this level of, of happiness will come from um, it's also going to give you a much higher level of meaning than the previous two because despite the, the the first level is fulfilling that that sort of immediate sort of shallow happiness the second level you can get some degrees of uh, connection from and love from other people in the form of your admiration or acknowledgement or whatever but ultimately that's not going to be as meaningful as when you recognize that You've just given a person, you helped build a, a person a house, or you've you've given someone, you know, who was stranded a lift, or you you've just done something that has that you can see in the other person has fundamentally changed something in their life, or changed something in that moment for them, or just been such a fundamentally impactful moment you will feel the meaning that you get out of doing these kind of things. Like um, when we would do in the law firm, there would be every now and then you, you would get a case and you just know that the client, like this person has been screwed by a few people and they just, they just can't, they just, they're not going to be able to pay for the type of work they're going to need. And since I've started my like freelance, uh, more paralegal work, I've had the opportunity so many times to help those people where in the law firm I just can't because you've got billing standards, every hour is logged, you you, you just you can't do thirty thousand rands work for someone and they're not charged in, in in a law firm. It's just it's just not something that can be done. But when you're a paralegal and you don't have the overheads and I can basically sit here in my boxes at my laptop and do the work. But what are my overheads? You know, electricity. And, and, and you know some fucking deletions. I don't know. <laughs> it's not like it's not like the highest. Overhead, so <laughs> it makes it very easy to do those sort of things. So the position that I'm in is is it, it gives me the ability to help a client like that, 
who who's just been screwed by by the system and by other people. So there's much more fulfillment and meaning that comes from those type of interactions than these previous two levels, uh, at least from from my perspective. Um, there's also unfortunately with this this uh, level, there's no there's less control. There's, you you don't have a way of of being like if I do this, this will happen. So like with a promotion, you can sort of gauge like if I hit these targets, I'll be up for that promotion. Or if I do these things, my boss will recognize me. Um, so that level of, of, of happiness, level two, there's a, there's a degree of predictability and control in it. But on this third level, because you're working with things completely external to yourself, like, you know, environment, you could plant a tree and some dickhead could run a car over it. You know, like you can, you can try and... and do something to, that you think is it's going to be uh, helpful to say a bunch of homeless people and they take it as an insulting gesture you know or uh, there's there's ways that these these situations can backfire and um unfortunately that is just the nature of dealing with people and humans like they are they are imperfections and there are moments when when people aren't their best self you know so the big thing is, like, I, I've obviously gotten into this a lot in, like, in, like, I think the zombie episode where I said, like, I mean, let's assume, which is, like, a super, super, super generous assumption that only 1% of people are going <laughs> to fuck up, you know? <laughs> like, it, it makes it very hard to trust a group of a 1,000 yep. people. Because you know there's just 10 fuckers in that group <laughs> that are just going to fuck up, you know? And, like, having... Having ten people fuck up in a group of a thousand feels just dangerous, you know. Like it's a high, it feels high risk. So I've, I've obviously got into this, and like it's just like some people will just let you down. It's just just the nature of people. Um, so it's important to focus on like the fact that you're doing good for the sake of doing good, and like you shouldn't let one negative situation that comes from it outweigh. Uh, or have more weight than, than all these positive situations that that you've created or been in. Um, there's obviously a risk whenever you do these things that you can get hurt, but that's what what gives that higher value of meaning is the bit of risk. Like life without risk is unfortunately going to be kind of meaningless. It's like you can just you know bubble boil your life, but even in that movie, Bubble Boy's biggest thing is like when he gets out of the bubble and gets to experience life, you know. So I don't know what are, what have you got to what have you got to add there, hey bud? Well, I mean this this is the level of happiness that I just love <laughs> because it's something that you do for the future, something you do to help your community. Um, I have worked as a community leader. Um, and I have been essentially an educator for my entire life, sometimes without knowing it. <laughs> and then now it is my job that I currently do where I teach kids and I look after kids, but going back to like working for the community, that, that desire to do something good, just to make sure that the world is a better place to make sure that what you do focuses on leaving this world better than it was when you when you came into it that is is a level of happiness that you just you, for me it's it's something that i cannot top 
my work as a community leader was the most fulfilling work that I've ever done up until that point. I obviously wasn't paid a lot of money for it, but every little um, life that I got to change and every little person who, who had a little bit of a turnaround from what I taught them and what I gave them what is something that that always sits with me, always sits in my heart. It's something that I will always look back on and say, hey, this thing is something that obviously changed someone's lives. Um, and I didn't realize it at the time because as as a young person, my parents kind of taught me that um, you need to always work towards helping to make the community a better place, helping to make everyone around you a better place. And I didn't quite understand what they meant at such a young young age when they were teaching me these type of things. And then there was one moment that caused everything to just click into my brain. And that was the day that I went to my grandfather's funeral. And my grandfather, I've, I, I loved my grandfather. He's a great man. Um, and he taught me many little things. He was like, okay, if you want something, you're going to have to work for it. Um, and he taught me many, many things that I hold dear to my heart. And when we went to his funeral, like the church was there and we, the whole church was essentially full when the funeral started and people just kept coming. So people kept streaming in to come and say their goodbyes to my, my grandfather. And this lady came in um, from the back, pushed through the entire crowd of people went straight up to where my grandfather's funeral uh, coffin was. And she went, this guy, he changed my life. He didn't know how much he changed my life, but he changed my life so much for the better. And, and he didn't ask anything from it. And she was crying. I was crying. And I was like, I looked around and I realized that um, all these people were all touched by this one man. And all he wanted to do was to make his community a better place. And that's where everything just clicked in to me. And I was like, cool, I, I want to go out and I want to help people. And because you think to yourself, I want to help people, you become a community leader, you start working in your community, and it, it's great, you feel so fulfilled, you see how people's lives are changing, you see how, how the place is becoming better, with your involvement but i had the unfortunate situation of working with people that did not entirely share my passion for it so as a result we had people trying to muscle me out of certain places i would make um i would set up everything beautifully so that my technology school and the kindergarten that was started and the community outreach projects that we had were running smoothly but they wanted to they wanted that to be something that they could claim. So they're like, yeah, I did this, I did that. And I'm like, yo, dude, don't I, I started this, but I don't want I don't want the whole thing to be, hey, this guy started it. This guy wants to be better than everyone else. I was like genuinely trying to help the community. And because I was genuinely trying to help the community, there were a couple of dickheads that sought to take advantage of of the good work that I was putting in. And as a result, that type, uh, even though I felt very fulfilled doing my job, 
it was ultimately something that I could not sustain all entirely on my own. And right now, I'm working as an educator, and I love it. You, I'm, I'm teaching children and imparting uh, skills on them, imparting wisdom on them, helping them grow, helping them be better people. It's not, I'm not having as big as in, an impact as I had when I was working in the community, but it also helps you realize that one person whose life you change for the better is one person who could go out and use those skills that you have taught them or use the skills that you have fostered in them to also help make a better, better world. And even though uh, I say it's a small, a smaller area that I'm, that I'm touching, but it's also something that I realized has more greater implications because as a, as a teacher, you are not just a um, teaching them certain things. You are help shaping them into people for the future. A future you're not going to see, you might not see, um, and it could be a future where they get to live forever. But it's always something that if you taught them worthwhile things and you help them grow into the person that they eventually become, you are working for the future. And that gives me so much pleasure and so much fulfillment that uh, it, it's, been it's been hard to like get out of my job. <laughs> At some point, I have to come home. I'm just I'm being rewarded too much like internally from the job that I do currently. So I'm, I'm very happy. I'm feeling fulfilled from my job. Um, and as with the other um, levels of happiness, the fact that I needed to also recognize that in myself, that I was also working towards the future. And I didn't see it as something that I was doing to help other people. It's just I was doing what my parents taught me, what my grandfather taught me. You know, <laughs> So I was doing that. Uh, but a little bit of introspective also helped give me a, another level of fulfillment that I got get from my life. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I knew you were going to go into it a bit heavier there because I knew you've got a background, you know, in community and in education and everything like that. And I know, like, exactly from, from my niece how rewarding it is to to help a kid overcome things and, and how fulfilling it is to watch them like achieve things with just you know a little bit of a, a nudge and a push in, in the right direction every year and there it's very cool to to see that the, that with positive influence there's like this almost infinite potential um so that's a really a really beautiful thing to look at um so yeah um the last level is sort of i think what you're talking about now as well because we're both, you know, in our 30s, uh, you know, if we live to 90, we're a third of our, we've done a third of our lives already, so it's a good sort of space to be in that we're sort of so heavily um, interested in this level three of, of, um, of happiness, you know, this, this butted Buddha. Uh, <laughs> Uh, it's it's a really nice level of happiness, um, and it is something that I that I, I didn't really know there was like such a um, a broad concept around this, but it's it really resonates with me. Like this is what I like to do. I really like to be helping other people, providing specifically the fact that like my my skill set in law is 
um, it's it's usually paywalled if I can put it that way. It's like you can't really get like good legal information unless you go to a lawyer or unless you study or unless you 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 know super poor and can go to legal aid and then it's a dice roll of like who do you get. So it's not super accessible and that's that that gives me like a lot of like fulfillment is when someone is like offhandedly talking they're like oh yeah man i've had this problem there's this issue and it's been like six years and like the lawyers want to charge me this much for it and i'm like well what is the problem and then they explain it and i'm like oh no yeah just send me an email and then like <laughs> two weeks later that person is like oh my word thank you thank you thank you so much like i just got it's like i had a, a, a i was at a bra recently and a guy had um, his parents had set up a trust, and they had their, their one of their main properties was in this trust, and that was what they were renting out to live off. And the dude just hadn't paid them like for ages. So for 800 rand, I wrote a letter, and the letter resulted in them getting 10,000 rand of what was owed paid to them, which was firstly now you've got some money in your hand. And secondly, it was enough money so that they can now actually hire attorneys in the area and get the, the dude out the house. So, yeah, sorry. It's a sad story for the dude who lost his house. But the guy wasn't exactly poor. He was just being a dickhead. He didn't want to pay. So, like, you don't pay, you don't stay, man. Like, what the fuck? And especially when you're fucking over old people, dude. Like, it's just, it's just so like, because they, they obviously didn't know what their rights, yeah. so they didn't know what they could do, and he was basically like, "Well, I'm just not gonna leave and not pay you." Like, so it's very nice to be able to help someone like that out in like a moment, like have a set of skills. So like, that's where I feel like level two also comes in, and like when you when you're working towards something, it can also coincide with this is like when you achieve those skills or that position or that status do you use it for the benefit of others and to make the place better because then you're striking a very good balance between you know three and two um the butit udo and the what is the the second one the felix (laughs) (laughs) all right level four it's uh sublime butit udo so I feel like Aristotle got a bit lazy here yeah? <laughs> with his naming shit. And he just sort of stuck a, oh, this is the, the bigger, bigger Butido. <laughs> he was like, this is yeah. Istia. <laughs> is stands for Sublime. <laughs> <laughs> and, and if we want to just butcher some Latin pronunciation, maybe Sublime is Sublime. <laughs> sublime? Sublime. Sublime. <laughs> <laughs> all right anyway what it's what it what it means yes. is ultimate perfect happiness so it's gonna look different to each person this is probably the most subjective of all the levels that aristotle sort of references it involves the pursuit of uh, like fullness or like fulfillment and and perfection and and these sort of uh, more what's the word esoteric sort of concepts like things that that are like that you can't really you can't achieve perfection you know you're not going to achieve complete fullness in in your lifetime but you can find trajectories that are like striving towards those in certain things 
So this this level is a lot about striking a very good balance between the first three first three levels and then sort of bringing it all together, like making it all into like one whole, you know, worldview or one whole sort of goal or whatever. So psychologists refer to the desire for ultimate happiness, uh, like a call for a greater connection uh, to like the larger universe or like some sort of transcendence, you know. Um, so a lot of people will immediately think, you know, religion, spirit, spirituality, um, and that is a way that, that many people will get this feeling of fulfillment, you know. You can in a you already mentioned your grandfather in like a church a church setting you know um, there's a lot of uh, opportunity for community and helping people and things like that through through churches and things like that um, <clears throat> it just depends you know if you're religious or not um, but there's obviously many other ways to to fulfill this I mean you can take a spirituality approach to it where you want to, you know, live a good, meditative, pure life where you assist others and you you can go like, you know, Buddha vibes, you know, path of enlightenment. Um, there's also other things that can provide this level of performance in the form of like philosophy, arts, and, and science, and and just, you know, it's something like that that you have that that you want to pursue that you feel is going to give you this this ultimate level of performance or perfection in your own life or whatever it's 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 unfortunately yeah like i said very subjective um it's the process of answering for yourself some of like life's like bigger harder questions you know uh, and like how they specifically pertain to yourself um or you know you you you've got to it's it's yeah it's like you're calling it's like your your, your way to create meaning in your own life you know it's it's i don't know it's it's difficult it like i said it's difficult to describe this but like it doesn't mean you have to do something like crazy impressive you don't have to be like a massive world leader you don't have to be and i don't know i'm, I'm like i'm hesitant to shout out a name here because you know every name i'm thinking of like i'm like yeah he, yeah but it's controversy oh yeah he was pretty cool but controversy he was you know like <laughs> I don't know, like <laughs> fuck. I'm just gonna throw Elon Musk out there. You know, like it, it's a dude who's, who's like who stands out on like the the shoulders and like the tech and sort of got these three companies and he's doing all these crazy things and he does catch a lot of heat for like some of his other like views and whatever. But like you don't have to be an Elon Musk. You can just you can just do the thing that that brings you fulfillment and feels like is making things better for the people around you like if your fulfillment is at the cost of others then like maybe maybe rethink it i don't know but i mean like for example myself i get so much fulfillment from this podcast like there's 150 odd downloads that we've had so far i mean and it's there's 150 people that for some fucking reason decided they wanted to listen to the shit they were talking and that's a cool feeling, and like it, it gives a little bit of fulfillment. And like it's a what uh, what the other benefit of this this the other benefit of this whole podcast thing is is that I get to spend a couple of hours every week or every two weeks chatting to my buddies on the other side of the world, you know. So like when you when you position yourself and you're doing these things and you're getting 
I don't know, just like the way I approach life is like, is this, is the thing that I'm doing right now bringing me closer or further away from, you know, the sort of cool life that I want or a good life or, or the sort of end goal that I want? And if it is, then I keep doing it. If it isn't, then I sort of reevaluate and I'm like, well, why am I doing it then, you know? Um, so, yeah, this, mm-hmm. this level is obviously a bit harder to achieve and even harder to, like, measure accurately. So, I don't know. What do you think about it, Phil? Uh, <laughs> anything to add? I, I, I have to agree with you. Uh, it's, uh, I have, um, I have met a lot of uh, religious people. I've met a lot of um, spiritual people. Like my parents are very religious, and that's where they get this type, this this feeling of perfect happiness is to be like the greatest Christian that they could ever be. And by being the greatest Christian, they would go out and help people. They would work on things that aren't as physical as as other people would look at they'll be like cool i have clothes that's fine um we're gonna go out and we're gonna be happy because we are showing compassion to everyone around them my parents are fantastic role models and i cannot like uh, praise them enough um but that's their way of getting happiness like uh as mark said i i love i love this podcast (laughs) i love sitting here talking with mark he's so far away but we're able to communicate um, at least two hours um, a, a week. And we talk a lot more uh, because of these certain things. Uh, we are, you know, researching certain things. We are looking at certain things. Um, and it brings me an amazing fulfillment from it. But that fulfillment is going to be difficult for me to, to explain to someone. <laughs> I'll be like, yo, I, I'm happy because uh, I, I see my buddy. And they're like, but I see my buddy every day. I'm like, ah, ah yeah, ah, you, you, it, well, I, I, I do this, I do that, I do this, I do that. And um, it's, for me, this level of happiness has to do <clears throat> with love. <laughs> I'm going to put it out there. <laughs> love. Because love is, um, love is something that, when someone asked me, because I'm not very religious, if someone asked me what what would I perceive as a god, I would say, well, it it's love, because love is the one thing that would connect you to everything else. You love reading, so you go out, get yourself a good book, and that brings you happiness. You love um, having a, a relationship, having different types of relationships with others. Then you go out, you start meeting other people or you create better relationships at work, and that brings you a level of fulfillment. So it brings you a level of happiness. If you love um, learning, then you go out and you go and learn as much as you can, and that gives you a level of fulfillment. Um, everything centers on this this picture of love. Every language has has these this idea of love and has certain words for love and also clarifies love as something that you can feel with many different people on many different levels so i would say that the final level of love is a final level of happiness is discovering your love and um, what love truly means to you 
and it means something different to every single person that you would talk to. And just to quote uh, Carl, <laughs> there is so much sadness and hate in the world. It would be a terrible thing if love was an illusion. And and that it's a great quote. It is, it is a great quote. I like this idea of love a lot because like it's specifically mentioned in the level three that, that like love, but this love is the love you sort of receive, you know, um, like your connection to other people sort of, so showing love for other people and receiving love is part of like level, level three. But the, the love that you're talking about is like a transcendent love, you know, in the sense of like, um, like the, the, yeah. the more perfect form of level three is love, you know, and it's the same as like the the, the, the way I look at number four at, at, at level four is it's sort of the the, the grouping and the, the all encompassing of the other three levels, you know, it includes like you said with your parents' example, is like having enough. You you've got the clothes, you you're, you're you're fine. You don't need more than what you have. So you've already fulfilled that level of, of having things and every now and then if you do want a nice thing you can go get a nice thing you can go have a nice meal you can go have ice cream you can go for a drive you can go do a nice type of thing but then also at the same time you you have the admiration of your peers like you're you're doing good in your community you've achieved you know a nice level of, of, of comfort you you've got you've done well compared to how you used to be come far in your life from where you started for example like in your parents in your parents uh, situation for example you know like so it's an example that you're making and then at the same time they're also reaching out to the, the community through outreach through community projects through the church through through these things so it is the all-encompassing sort of like package you know and then they still also feel this connection to a higher purpose because of the church so they feel like what they're doing isn't for nothing it's benefiting a greater purpose you know uh, so it's a good example um and i mean like i feel like a lot of my performance at the moment is like on on this level i don't think i'm quite fully enlightened or fully fulfilled in this in this part but for me the nice part <laughs> the thing that i look forward to and the thing that makes me feel easily by far the most happy is when I'm with my plants in my garden, working with them, you know, looking at them, cleaning them, checking the leaves, checking the plants, just sitting with them and watching my plants. And it's like such a strange thing, I guess, but like, cause I mean, they're just plants, you know, they just fucking sit there. But it's, <laughs> it's, it's a thing, man. Like it's cool to just look at like all the rare ones that I've collected or been gifted and that I've nurtured from, from seeds or from cuttings or from, things that people have given me it's just it just feels feels really good and then also like you mentioned the pursuit of knowledge and learning like that's a big one for me it's like i like learning new things i like being i'm borderline obsessive over a lot of topics because of this but i don't know it brings me <laughs> it brings me great joy and fulfillment and like that's also one of the things like this podcast gives me a great outlet for that it's like all the the useless shit that I learn about that I would usually like talk at people with and then they would just sort of give me a glazed expression and be like, is this guy going to shut the fuck up about <laughs> fucking candles at some point? You know? <laughs> um, now I've got like an outlet for that. Like, you guys opted into the shit. You, you click Oh, that. no. So listen to my shit. 
<laughs> oh no! Uh, well, are we gonna I, make I, a I podcast about candles? I don't, know. <laughs> I, I, I don't I mean, think I'm prepared. Like I live in South Africa, we we pretty we're pretty, uh, pretty familiar with candles. So oh yeah yeah, that's that's basically Aristotle's <laughs> four levels, and that was like the the main thing I wanted to discuss today. Um, I've made like some other notes and stuff here, but basically the summary I have here is that. Happiness is something that you have to, unfortunately, create in your own life. You need to, well, fortunately and unfortunately. So, like, unfortunately, if you, like, had a long life and you're not feeling that happy, then you're going to have to make some big changes. But but if you're sort of just feeling like, oh, I could be happier, then that's good news for you, man, because you can be. It's possible. You just got to, like, do a bit of introspection, do a bit of streamlining, things like that. A big, the biggest uh, sort of takeaway from a lot of like these definitions and this discussion for me is that like a lot of happiness is derived from like being baseline content, like having a lot of your, your normal needs that would normally deteriorate you and make you feel horrible. If you can, if you can sort of make that stuff not be a problem, then then you've already achieved sort of like a base level of like neutral happiness, contentment, whatever. Then fostering a level of gratitude in your life and, and sort of looking at the things that you do have in the sense of comparing to the past when you didn't have those things and in the sense of just being thankful that you do have them right now and that you're able to do these things compared to other people who don't. That's going to give you the, the, the feeling of gratitude is also going to make you happier. And then pursuing things that you know are going to fulfill you though that's an important aspect of your life. It's like if you're doing something and you know that like, you know like it's just every day you're doing it and it's like this just makes me feel like shit. This makes me feel like I don't know what the fuck I'm doing and it's making me negative and I don't feel like any of what I'm doing matters. Then it's time to reevaluate a little bit. you got to find something in your life that you think matters. Um, there's, there's an amount of contrast needed in your life as well. It's like there are going to be sad moments, but you need to try and not let the sad moments outweigh the good moments. And you can't live a life in your comfort zone because if you don't have some degree of challenge, you're not going to feel fulfilled. So you need to do something that challenges yourself. You need to do something that you enjoy mm. that's that's not easy. There needs to be a balance. Like a lot of people that talk about flow state talk about like the state of flow, like when everything is working perfectly and just in sync, that's a moment where there's the right amount of resistance and challenge, but not too much. And it's just, it's got everything in your brain and everything in your mind and body are just like in the same sort of lane. Everything is running sort of in that peak sort of parameter. And, and that's about the sort of balancing your comfort versus your challenges, overcoming like like overcoming hardships and things like that, that is what's going to bring you happiness. It's like doing it, taking the step to do the thing, to make the thing that's been bothering you not being a thing that bothers you anymore. That's unfortunately the only way to have that thing not bother you anymore, you know? So, yeah. Anything else to add, Billy? I, I can't help but, but agree with you there. Um, I challenging yourself and overcoming those challenges is is something that it gives you a lot of fulfillment. Like I I I won't count myself as like the happiest person in the world, but myself and Mark we have a a little a disposition 
to like being happy. We like looking at things in a playful way or in a happy way. We we're not a not a big fan of negativity. Um, we like making sure that you know everything we do just it, it's a happy thing that we do. Um, but getting getting me to a point where it wasn't just something that was superficial. That meant I had to challenge myself. I had to look into myself. And that, that shit is scary, man. You, you think you got all your shit all sorted out. And then all of a sudden you start looking at yourself and start look, looking deep into what causes you to feel the way you do and make you act the way you do. And then you're like, oh, wow, I'm, I'm a fluid individual. <laughs> how, how, how did I get this fluid? And then you start asking these other questions and... It's just, it's it's crazy because you need to have the strength to change that about yourself, to challenge yourself, to jump over that hurdle. And that takes a lot. It takes a lot to do that. Um, I have a quote here that uh, I would I would like to read. <laughs> it's a quote from Barry Allen's mother from uh, from The Flash, and she said that you need to accept the things you cannot change. Have the courage to change the things that you can and have the wisdom to know the difference. And when Mark told me all about that, this happiness thing, this was the one quote that, that resonated with me because it, it comes to me and I think to myself, cool, I can change this, so I can change that. That will bring me a little bit of happiness. Oh, I can't change this thing. And because I cannot change that thing, then I need to accept that. And accepting it, it's also like, a challenge that you have to yourself. Yeah, that's the, I don't know, like I've heard many iterations of that quote. That's why in our notes I'm busy editing it because um, <clears throat> it says, um, a lot of people <laughs> say it's the prayer for strength, courage, and wisdom. The strength to accept the things you can't, the courage to um, change the things you can, and the wisdom to know the difference. So it's the, the prayer for strength, courage, and wisdom. But that's how I know of that, that quote. But I'm not the biggest mm. uh, flash watcher these days. No, I got it. I got it from a, a comic book I read long time ago. <laughs> yeah, so I made it. I made a few other notes. So um, these are just things like that came to mind while I was researching this. I haven't really fleshed this out properly, but it's things. It's like parting thoughts, if I could put it that way, to sort of end this podcast off. Is the the concept of sunken cost fallacy is one of the first things I want to get into. It's like. Sunken cost fallacy is usually more of an economic term. It's like when you've invested like a lot of money into like a project and it hasn't shown a profit yet and it's like sort of getting to the point where it should have shown a profit already and it isn't. And now you don't really want to, you keep putting money into the, the, you want to keep putting money into this project to see if you can get it to be profitable because you've spent so much money on it already. And that's a, a logical fallacy is because just because you've spent money or time or something on something already doesn't guarantee that it will have future success. So that's a lot of what what we've been referencing today is like when you <clears throat> when you feel like something you've been doing for a long time isn't giving you that fulfillment, pouring more into it isn't necessarily going to be the, always the solution, you know. Um, and just because you've done something for a long time and you don't want to feel like you're giving up on that thing um, and you're passing up on another opportunity because of that, that's maybe not the, the best way to look at things. So it's always good to sort of just evaluate, like, 
just because you put a lot of effort into a position doesn't mean you need to keep that position forever. Um, anything you want to add to that, Billy? Um, just like The Walking Dead. <laughs> I, I watched I watched a lot of The Walking Dead uh, just to 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 have a, a an analogy for other people to understand. Uh, and about uh, I think it was season eight, uh, something happened in The Walking Dead, and I was like, "Listen, I've watched all of this, and they say they're only going to have like nine seasons." But at that point, I was like, "Listen, I know I sank a lot into this show, but I I just I just don't want to watch anymore. It's hurting me." To watch more of this Walking Dead, so I made the yeah, right decision to stop watching <laughs> the Walking Dead, and my life, my life has been better because of it. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, another little side note. Yeah, we've already mentioned it sort of briefly, but just a, a good sort of summary little little quote to remember is just helping others helps yourself. It's like a little. Put it on your wall, put it on your fridge, replace your mom's live, love, love sign, sign with this. I don't know. Helping others helps yourself. It is just a way. It's like when you are helping other people through a hard time, it helps you be introspective on like your hard times. When people are struggling with confidence and you help them with their confidence, your confidence will be helped. Like there is just an aspect of like when you, when you, when you need to heal and you start helping other people, like the healing will, will come faster is, is sort of what I'm getting at here. Um, I think it's, it's an important little like side note and it's something I didn't know how to tie into the conversation other than right now. Um, and then there's two little like uh, fucking YouTube recommendation type clip things that I've seen. It's like, the thought experiment or question is asked is like if you were given ten million dollars right now, uh, but you can't wake up tomorrow, would you take it? And I mean, it's supposed to give you the idea of like waking up tomorrow is worth something to you. It's worth a certain amount. It's worth it's worth it's a value to to just waking up tomorrow. And that value usually exceeds whatever you can get today. So a lot of people, the thought experiment has shown this, like that waking up is valuable. Like like having an opportunity for another day is worth more than just being handed some money and then having your life end or having everything go away. Um, and then the other thought experiment or conversation is that time travelers will, in, in movies and things like that, will always be super cautious and concerned when going to the past that they don't do anything to alter anything that has happened in the past because any minor alteration or action or thing that they do could have a massive uh, sort of hammer on butterfly effect on the future so this concept is pretty cool because when you look at people living their everyday lives you don't see your life as having that much impact. You don't see that there could be a ripple effect of a tiny, a tiny difference today could make this massive difference tomorrow. It's like, or in 10 years time, whatever. It's like, we don't see our lives like that. But if we were time travelers living, you know, we would see it that way. You would see like, oh, this moment could change, that moment could change, that moment. And maybe we need to live a little bit more like, you know, giving ourselves a little bit more like, 
credit or, or weight to our actions because these minor actions, minor changes, little trajectory changes, who knows how, how far or close it could bring you, far away from or close to your goals it could bring you. So it's worth reevaluating. It's worth looking at these things. It's worth considering, like, are these actions bringing me closer or further away from the goals that I want to achieve? Um, and then lastly from me is, I don't know where I heard this, but someone once said to me when I was pretty young, it's like, you can fail at playing it safe too. So, like, you can take the, the easy road. You can take the, the safe road. You can, like, not take the risk. You cannot pursue your dreams. And then you can still fail at that. There's still a chance you might fail, even if you took the easy road, the low-risk option. It, it, like, there's still a chance that that fails. So why not fail at the thing you wanted to do instead of failing at the thing you didn't want to do? So it's worth it to take that risk. And, like, if you fail, you fail. But if you fail at doing the easy thing, then you also fail. Like, and the failing at the easy thing that wasn't worth the risk is going to feel a little bit worse than, like, if you failed at the thing that, oh, well, at least I took a shot. At least I tried. At least I tried to do the big thing. At least I tried to be, you know, the guy. And, yeah, I didn't become the guy, but on the way I learned a few things and I learned that (laughs) these are the things I enjoy about that idea, about being the guy, about trying to be the guy. And now I know what I want to do. So... I don't know. I think it's always good to pursue it. I'm not saying like fucking put yourself in, in like jeopardy and at risk of losing your house or car or you'll put yourself at risk of losing your food security. But like consider taking a risk instead of, you know, because like, you know, what's the worst that happens? It doesn't work out. Okay, well, then, you, then, you're back, then you're back to doing the thing you're doing right now anyway. Yeah. And and anyway, like if you if you're going to fail at doing something that you want to do, like it it will be a learning experience. That's how I see it. I'm like, cool. So I tried this one thing, it didn't work. I guess it's a learning experience. And that's also a mindset that, that you need to you need to change about your life. I mean, you generally don't like to take risks because if you risk something then you know you're putting your your heart on the line. You're putting everything that you hold dear on the line. But um, sometimes you you have to take a little step outside, and by taking that little step outside, you you end up finding out things that that you don't that you didn't know about yourself beforehand. For example, I'm going to give another example out of my life. Um, I was working at a job where I was I was selling life insurance to people. And I was really good at this job. So I was selling them life insurance and it was great. Um, but I, I just, I hated it. I, I, every day I went to work, I felt like I was losing a little bit of myself. And I could have played it safe. And if I had played it safe, I would still be in that job right now. But because I decided, no, I'm going to take this risk. I'm going to try something new. And that is ultimately what set me on the path that brought me to more involved community work, that brought me on this path that I have taken in my life where I am now currently teaching, and I just love it. I love it so much. And I would have never been there if I hadn't taken that risk. It might not seem like the biggest risk to everyone out there, but for me, it it was a big thing because my loyalty is something that, that I give um, to people who who deserve it. So I have loyalty to my job. I have loyalty to people I've worked for. 
and I generally don't like, you know, uh, violating that loyalty. But the mere fact that I decided, no, 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 I can't do this anymore. I need to do something else. Um, it worked out well for me. And I'm much happier now in my job than I have ever been beforehand. And that wouldn't have happened if I didn't step out yeah, of where exactly. I was. That's, that's the thing. You need to, like, if you, the, the, the biggest thing is, like, everything that is currently in your life right now, to at least some degree, you've sort of accepted it. Like, I'm not talking about, like, bad things that are happening to you that are out of your control, but I mean, like, if you're working the same job and you're not doing anything to not work that job and you don't like that job, then that's that's you choosing to work that job. Like, the, the, the choice is still in your hands to start, even if it's yeah. just making a minor change. It's like, like for me, with, with exercising is like a, a good example. Like, just start by doing 10 minutes of yoga. Right now, if you want to exercise and you haven't exercised today and you listen to this, just get up and do 10 minutes of yoga. Then you, then you're the guy who, if before ten minutes before that, you were the guy who's done no yoga, the girl who's done no yoga, and now you're the guy who's done ten minutes of yoga. It's, it's literally that's all it is. Mm. And like, when you can break it, gamify it, and break it down to these little micro things, then like that, that's a, like it's very hard, but it will work. So yeah. Yeah. It, it's like it's like it's like pushing a boulder like when you start pushing a boulder like it it's not gonna move you're gonna have to like you know put all of your effort into it but once that boulder starts moving then it picks up its own momentum the the hardest part is starting that you know yeah that's basically everything i got today so uh i don't know I'm going to be like Google and leave everyone with a, a circular definition. So Google said happiness is the state of being happy. So I say if you want to be happy, do more things that make you happy. Can't argue with that. All right, guys. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Check us out on all the different things in the description. At some point, Minecraft is going to be released and we'll be playing some Minecraft. Um, until then... Comment, like, subscribe, do all that podcast stuff that you do with podcasts, and we'll check you on the next one. Thank you. Yeah, take, take care, everyone.